Guitarathon is the greatest guitar sale on earth, and it's happening now. Get massive savings on a huge selection of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, pedals, and other accessories. Get select Ernie Ball strings, three for ten. Save $100 on a Fender Special Edition Strat, or get a Yamaha acoustic for just $199. Plus, get special financing on select major brands. Don't miss these incredible deals. Available online and in store now through November 1st. Guitarathon, only at Guitar Center. Find your sound. You are Locked On Cavaliers, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Cavaliers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Locked On Cavaliers podcast. As always, I am Chris Manning, your host from FearTheSword.com. Breaking news with the Cleveland Cavaliers right now. The Cavs have traded Kyrie Irving to the Boston Celtics for a package of Isaiah Thomas, Antti Zizic, Jay Crowder, and the 2018 unprotected Brooklyn Nets pick. Joining me to break down this breaking news, this Eastern Conference shaping news, is Chris Barnwell from CBSSports.com. Chris, how's it going? I uh, just thought I was going to chill for the night. And yeah, me really... too talk to not really me too like today's my day off i was just gonna like not do much basketball and then Kyrie was all like nah we ain't doing it that way tonight kobe altman just have has no time for your um for your he day he does not care time. when it's my day off he doesn't care when it's your day off he cares about no one but the cleveland cavaliers yeah as as he should it says dan gilbert pays him like an okay amount of money to do that but um, not as much as he wasn't to pay david griffin yeah, well, which kind of really set off this whole chain of events. But, Chris, let's get into this. This is not the deal. I just want to say this up front. This was not what I expected the Kyrie not deal to be. I was expecting— This is the last place I thought Kyrie the, would go. Exactly. I thought the Heat were going to kind of be where he ended up. Uh, where we ended up now with really the Cavs getting, I think, the best possible return. You get, a one at the minimum, a one-year starter in Isaiah. You get Jay Crowder, who's on an unbelievable contract, fits really well next to LeBron. You got Zizic, who, from everything I know, should be a pretty good prospect. Um, Eddie Tavares is probably getting cut now, unfortunately, for him, uh, because he seems to have like settled in Cleveland a little bit, which um, that that just always makes me a little bit sad for those guys. But most importantly, you are getting the 2018 Brooklyn Nets pick. I think if we're looking at what was probably the tipping point in this deal for the Cavs, it's that Nets pick. I think that is probably what got it moving because. We'd heard rumors that they were talking to each other, but like nothing substantial. So I don't know if Boston eventually just pulled out the Nets pick saying, you know what? Yeah, we are okay moving this. And that's what actually got it going. Or if Isaiah Thomas was what got it going. I feel like that at some point Boston pulled out. Because even though Cleveland didn't really have leverage in trade talks because Kyrie's on a short, his deal is kind of short. He demanded a trade. I feel like Cleveland held all the cards and who they were going to send him to. So I felt like the only way they were going to talk to the team like Boston, who's their primary like rival in the East right now, the only team that can really compete with them, maybe Toronto as well, is if you pull out an Isaiah Thomas or a 2018 Nets pick, or maybe both of them. And they did both of them. They did both of them. And 
Yeah, and I, and I honestly, Chris, we're going to get into the piece by piece here, what this means for the Cavs and for Boston, but I tell me if you agree with this. I think the 2018 pick out of, if you were going to tell me the Cavs are going to get one of Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and the Nets pick, I think the Nets pick is by far the best asset you could get in return. Uh, I don't know if I agree, mainly because... I don't think we really know what that Nets pick is going to be, so there's a lot of unknown there. I think it might have the highest potential upside because that that's kind of my that's kind of my point. And I also don't like love Jason Tatum, and I think Jalen Brown's solid. But like, if you're telling me the Cavs have a chance to get Doncic or Michael or Michael yeah, they Porter, have a, they have a shot at the number one pick now. Like, yeah, they might not get it, and but it they have, at least have a chance at it. And I think like that's a higher upside than Tatum. Like I think that's sort of where like, I think the value for this is just like it's incredible. It's like it was. It's the the pick I didn't. The thing I would I would expect Boston to never give up was the Nets pick. It was rumored. Okay, so either Danny Ainge has been lying for years about how like value that pick was, or and how many deals it was getting offered in, or for whatever reason, he just kind of broke down and decided, you know what, I'm tired of this pick. I'm tired of no one really taking it. I'm tired of it not being. I think the Nets are maybe he thinks the Nets are actually going to be okay this year, which is actually a plausible thing to say now. I'm just going to go ahead and move it for Kyrie Irving because he's young enough, and I don't want to pay Isaiah Thomas. Like that's the only way I can see why he now of all times just you know what? yeah I will move it this time. Yeah. Um. Okay, so let's go piece by piece here. Let's let's start with that pick. Um, I I think we've talked about it a little bit. We've kind of hit some of the major points with it, but that to me, I think if we're looking at this from what the Cavs wanted, it's the Cavs really wanted something that could give them a potential star if LeBron leaves next summer. And this is, and I'm going to make the point at the end of this that I think this could help the Cavs actually make a more compelling case for LeBron to stay. But I think this pick, it gives you the installation that you want. It gives you the potential to, if you really feel like you have to trade it for something in a, in a year or in the season for some player, like you can now do that. Um, to, if that's what you decide you want to do, it gives you some flexibility there because I think a lot of teams would just take that, take that right? I think like it, it's kind of exactly what I think you wanted if you're the Cavs in terms of having something to fall back on if LeBron leaves. I think it's, it's what Kyrie was supposed to to be in this LeBron situation. If LeBron leaves, you had Kyrie there. Now you have that pick. We don't know how good that player will be. We don't know where that pick will be. The Nets are probably going to be pretty bad, but the Cavs should now have a very, very good chance of, and and they have a very valuable asset at the very least. And I think like, if you're looking at, again, what I think actually probably made this deal, I really, really think that Nets pick was probably something the Cavs were like, if you're not giving up with Tatum, we need that pick. And I'm, and I think Angel relenting is, my guess is like, that's what tipped this deal over the edge. Yeah, that's, I agree that it is what Cleveland wanted. Like, this is exactly what Cleveland wanted for this kind of trade, because you're right. They're, they need to have a scenario where you know what, LeBron might leave. I know it seemed crazy a year ago to think why would LeBron leave again? Like he's in a really great situation, has almost full control. But you know the the guy's unpredictable, and the situation's gotten a little different since then. So maybe he does leave, which is kind of why. In if they have to trade Irving, I thought this was one of the best possible scenarios because I know a lot of Cavs fans don't particularly like Isaiah Thomas. He's a very good scorer. He's a competent point guard. He's shown to be a competent point guard for most of his career. 
And worst case, LeBron leaves, and you don't have to pay him anyways. Because that was Boston's situation with Isaiah Thomas. Is they weren't really sure they wanted to pay him a max contract at 29 years old, and he's going to ask for a max contract at 29 years old. So the Cavs should not give him that max contract. They should not give him that max contract. No, but let's just like, let's just put that on the table right now. Yeah, they should not. They are even if LeBron stays. Just there's you're you're handcuffing yourself to a 29 year old that's only been around for a year. Like just no, like don't give him. Cleveland should not give him that max contract. But at the they can still pay him if he weren't if LeBron says yeah I want to stay and I want to keep him. They go okay we'll pay him. We're not gonna give him the max, but we'll pay him. And that's not a terrible scenario, and they got the next pick out of it. So, worst case, LeBron does leave. You say, okay, Isaiah Thomas, you walk. We're not going to pay you, and we don't really have, think you're going to be good for the direction we're going to go in. And now we have this asset that we can either flip or use ourselves and use in this upcoming draft. We now have two first-round draft picks of some kind. Like, this isn't a... For what the situation looked like about a week or two ago, I was like, wow, they can't get anyone for Kyrie Irving. It feels like they're just holding out for something they're really never going to get. Like, this is the best possible thing they could have gotten. I 100% agree. So let's get into Isaiah. I think there are, like, as you kind of hit on, like, I don't think you want to pay him all the money he's going to ask for, the Brinks truck um, with the Brinks, the Brinks sandals. I think right, you're worth it. was going to have to. Yeah, Cavs don't. The Cavs just don't, especially yeah. if LeBron walks. And in like what could be like a a dead money summer, especially at a very statured position for an undersized older point guard. Like I think Isaiah is, Isaiah probably loses a little bit in this in this case here. Um, oh, he does because in in his situation in Boston, it was, look, I've met every single one of your expectations. I came here on a severely underpaid contract. I've helped lead the team to further than they've been to the farthest they've ever gone since Kevin Garnett was here. I've done everything you possibly asked for me. Pay me for my results, not for what my potential. Like he could very easily said that, and I don't know if Boston was going to say yes, but like that's a card he could have played. He can't do that in Cleveland because like, well, no, we have LeBron, we have Kevin Love. You are the you are the third or fourth best player here. We are not going to pay you all that money, like that. So you're right. He does lose something in Cleveland. Yeah, I think he does, but I think if you're looking at it from the cast perspective, I think like he he f- actually should be like a pretty good one year in a minimum replacement for Curry. I think like he, you know, Matt Moore, uh, your colleague, just tweeted that like Isaiah was eight point six assists per hundred possessions. Kyrie was at eight point three. He was fit. I don't know if Isaiah Thomas will be that good again next year, but he was fantastic last season. Like the, his hip, his hip matters. Like, and I have to, I'm gonna look this up now um, because he, like. If you listen to me on this or you listen to me on the Locked On NBA pod, which you should go check out as well, I literally, um, <laughs> I've literally been, like, running around trying to figure out, like, little details of this. Like, I had to, like, look up who's he's just, like, what, because I just really, like, didn't really know. And that just tells you, like, I was just kind of scrambling because this really did come out of nowhere a little bit. It's no excuse. I'm just saying, like, that's just kind of, I think, what everyone who's covering no this excuses, is kind of Chris. going through right now. Yeah, I'm no just excuses. sad, sad, sad. Um <laughs> If you look at what Isaiah does, like he needs the ball in his hands, which I think that's not different than Kyrie. If you look at some of what he does, um, like thirty three percent usage, like like he needs the ball in his hands. He's gonna have to adjust to like life with LeBron. He's gonna have to be a, a better. Um, I would argue like he's gonna have to be better, you know, off of um, unassisted. Like if you look at last year, 
he's someone who just really like was getting his own shot a lot and he doesn't have to do that as much now the Cavs could still very much just say okay we're gonna do what we did with Kyrie last year and we're gonna just make this different now with um with Isaiah and it's gonna be Isaiah doing what Kyrie did I don't think you should do that though I think you're gonna have to do something a little bit different I'm wondering to see what the Cavs end up doing and how Isaiah adjusts to that and I think too like Isaiah's like he doesn't have to even have the potential to be um, as good defensively as Kyrie. They're both bad. They're both just bad defensive players. Kyrie at least had the size. And before I, I give it to you, um, finally got this up. 18.9% of Isaiah's shots last year were catching to shoot threes. So 30, he shot 39.9% on those threes at 3.7 a game. That's not bad. That's actually pretty solid for, for what they're going to ask him to do. So, Chris, with Isaiah... Being someone who needs a ball in his hands, he does have decent catch-and-shoot numbers, particularly from three. How do you see him fitting with LeBron, with Kevin Love, and with the Cavs' offense based on what we know they've done the last three years? I, I don't think it's going to be that terrible a fit because one of the gripes against Isaiah Thomas in Boston, or like his fit on other teams, is, well, yeah, he needs the ball in his hands, he dribbles the life out of the ball and all this stuff. But like you said, he's a pretty good catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. And also, like, Kyrie Irving was not this move-the-ball, play-within-the-offense kind of player. Now, I'm not saying he doesn't play within the offense. Cleveland's always obviously ran an isolation-heavy offense over the years, but he's not this, like, Irving was not this player that was moving the ball and, like, playing off-ball all the time. Like, I don't think Isaiah Thomas is going to steal any more touches from other players than Kyrie Irving was already taking. Now you can make the case that Irving deserves those touches more than Thomas does. And okay, but he's not going to ruin the offense by playing his style of ball-dominant behavior. Now, he does have the ability to go stand in the corner and shoot threes. He does have the ability to play off-ball and shoot threes. So he's shown that he has the ability to shoot off, off the catch, so I don't think it's going to be this major loss or major change for Cleveland or really him. It's more just going to be figuring out how to use him on defense. Yeah, I think, like, you could see situations, like, I already think about the Warriors, where, like, Isaiah is going to have to be hidden, like, to a degree that Kyrie sort of was, and I think, um, like, I, I wonder if he can be on the floor, like, I can't imagine he's going to defend Curry, he can't, he's too small to defend Clay, like, I think that's a real concern, I think that's a very fair concern, it's a good yeah, thing that Derek Rose, like, be able to do that, uh, sorry, yeah, go ahead, Cleveland's not going to be able to do that switch trap style that they were running a lot of last year, like, just, if they have Isaiah Thomas on the floor, they're going to have to completely rehaul that defense. Yeah, which was already kind of a tire fire um, in, in all these different things. But, like, I think, like, against the Warriors, like, Isaiah, is on, it, he's going to have a hard time, like, defending anybody in that series. And I think that's, like, a very legitimate thing to think about um, when you think about what Isaiah is going to do for this team. I think it's, like, a win that Derrick Rose isn't the team's starting point guard. <laughs> Let's just be honest about that. But, like, I, I also think, like, you have to kind of wonder how Isaiah fits in that end. I think offensively, at least for the one year if his hip's okay, I think you're you're probably fine. Like, I think you are ultimately going to be okay. And I, especially because the guy we're going to talk about next, I think is, like, just a, such a perfect fit with LeBron that I think, like, the Isaiah stuff is just, like, it's, it's a good one-year replacement. Maybe not as good as Bledsoe, but I think getting Jay Crowder is just, like, it kind of makes it all acceptable. Yeah, Jake Crowder is, <laughs> he's not as good as people want to make him out to be, but he's a pretty, really, he's a pretty very good, like, rotation guy. Like, he he defends well, 
He's an okay shooter. He can't really do much by himself, but that's fine because you already have LeBron doing everything. You have Kevin Love doing everything. You have Isaiah Thomas doing everything. Like he's gonna be a very good rotation player for them, and he's gonna help their defense at least a little. Like this, he's a player that I don't know Cleveland's had, that I don't know if Cleveland's had the entire time LeBron's been back. I might be misremembering. He is a legitimate like defensive minded player, and actually like as good as his reputation defensively as good as his reputation precedes him. Like, a lot of people say Iman Shumpert's a very good defender. That's incorrect and wrong, in my opinion. <laughs> Iman Shumpert's a terrible defender, which is funny because that's his reputation. But Jay Crowder is a, legitimate, is a legitimately good defender. He's a good shooter. He's not as good as a lot of people like to make him out to be because he's valuable, which, yeah, value doesn't mean much on the court. Like, he might be a valuable player based on what he's paid and, like, what his role is, but he's just, he's a fine player. He's not this great player, but... He'll fit in fine with what Cleveland wants him to do, and I think he'll play pretty well in Cleveland with LeBron's giving him the ball. Yeah, so this is why I think the the Crowder pickup in this context is just is perfect. For one, like I think some of, I, this is just a take, and I don't know how right it is, and people can like tweet me and tell me I'm wrong. That's that's fine. Um, I don't look at my mentions really. Please anymore. tweet him and tell me he's wrong. Uh, I I'm actually, actually have an ex- right. Yeah, go ahead. That's fine. I hope I hope that people like just like don't know what's going on, but. Crowder, if you look at what he had to do in Boston, he was not he was like he he was until this year when he would play with Gordon Hayward, he wasn't necessarily playing with the type of the caliber of wing as LeBron, as like LeBron and like a LeBron's even like significantly better than Gordon Hayward. If you're looking at what he's gonna have to do in Cleveland, it's gonna be these few things. It's gonna be rebound as a small ball four, it's gonna be to defend the opposing team's best wing, so that's defending the KDs of the world, the Kawhis of the world, so LeBron can defend Which somebody he was else. Already kinda doing in um Boston, I think. Yes, and he's gonna have to just hit open threes, and he's a good corner three point shooter. He'll probably get more open looks now with playing next to LeBron. I think he's gonna be really, really good for the Cavs, and he's also on a bargain contract. Like I think for a Crowder is as much as I think Isaiah will have problems against the Warriors, having Crowder to go defend um, KD a lot puts LeBron at the Draymond, which I think is a big win for the Cavs if you're looking at that potential fourth finals matchup. And I think if you're looking at some of the lineups the Cavs can now do, one, they're not relying on Richard Jefferson to be their small four anymore, which is a good thing. But if you're looking at some of the length they can now go to, you could have lineups like JR, LeBron, Richard Jefferson, Jay Crowder, and Tristan Thompson that can switch everything, that can defend all these positions, have a lot of shooting, and be very versatile. I think the Cavs, like in a lot of ways, are unlocking some interesting things now because they got this piece in Jay Crowder that was doing that for Boston, but is going to be even more unlocked to do so with the Cavs. Yeah, they can bring back more of that point forward LeBron that we saw a lot of in Miami that we really haven't seen return in Cleveland. Like, I'm kind of interested to see how much more he's going to run the offense, like, from like bring the ball up and actually run the offense from the very start of the play. They're, he's not going to be uh, – he will have to like give the ball to Isaiah Thomas a lot, but I think Isaiah Thomas will be a little bit more willing to take the ball out of his hands than Kyrie was because Kyrie Irving was very much a traditional point guard. Like, or <laughs> he was, but he wasn't. He was very much a traditional point guard. He's like, no, the offense is going to start through me at least. While LeBron, I think, has more of a chance now, especially in that lineup you just mentioned, to be like – especially with how last year he was playing with the backup units a lot – I could definitely see them doing a lot of situations where they're going to go. Okay, we're going to pull, uh, we're going to pull our starters out early. We're going to keep LeBron out there and run him with the backup unit, and then we're going to have Crowder out there with them and Jr. and be running these like giant lineups instead of these super small lineups that a lot of teams go with. Which actually would be an interesting. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, would be an interesting re- co- reaction to the whole death lineup thing that uh, 
Golden State's always running. Everyone's always like, I don't know if they can play Isaiah Thomas. I don't know if they can play Kyrie Irving. I don't know if they can play Kevin Love. Well, maybe they don't have to. Like, those lineups aren't out there for a particularly long period of time. Yeah, and I think, like, just what the Cavs can do now with Crowder is, is to me, just, like, a very, very big win. Like, I think just... um... He gives some flexibility. Yeah, like, I think just the flexibility he offers, the... The 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 way he supplements LeBron, I think it, I think it's perfect. Like I think it's just it, it's just one of the most perfect like role player fits with a star in the league. And I think I think like this is where the Cavs get a little bit better is with Crowder and just having that piece there um, to help. He's got a you know like a bad Twitter uh, Instagram name, but like I mean I think like on the court he's going to be a really really good fit. <laughs> I don't know if that Instagram name name like that might uh, ruin his ability to be part of La Familia. <laughs> Oh, totally, po- totally possible. Totally possible. Um, wonder what number if we'll still wear ninety nine too. That would be. I, I kind of that'd be interesting. Um, I think Cavs fans will really like him too. Like I think he's someone the fans will get into. Um, before we get he's into gritty. the, yeah, he's gritty. <laughs> he's got dreadlocks. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know. People just tag on to weird stuff. You know. Um, I I really can't even like. Ra- like this just came out of nowhere for me. Like I cannot explain that enough. That this was just like. Oh, this is happening, and like I'm just still kind of like processing, and we're like an hour. I was expecting Danny Age to pull a Danny Age and like kill the trade, like any second. Like I'm still waiting for it to be us. Yeah, yeah, I'm, and we got to. The Cavs still have to cut people to make this work. So like I would expect Eddie Tavares, I mean Kay Felder, likely to be cut as a result of this. Unfortunately for two young guys, but I I think that's what will happen. Um. The other piece in this deal is Zizic. I don't know much about him. He's twenty year old Croatian. Is coming over from Europe. Was a first round pick in the two thousand sixteen draft. Do you have any Zizic takes for me, Chris Barnwell? None at all. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try. I'm sorry. I don't have a uh, Tre- Trevor Magnotti will be on the pod. We're gonna have an emergency Trevor Magnotti International Basketball Pod soon, and uh, we'll, we're gonna talk about that with uh, with Trevor to kind of run through yeah, Zizic. Talk to people who actually like understand international basketball and prospects like some i'm sorry that's just not something i'm gonna i don't under yeah i i like almost had to watch college basketball now and i'm like a little bit upset i just saw justin rowan tweet about that he's like the worst part of this trade is i have to pay attention yeah, to college yeah. basketball <laughs> yeah justin justin had a good tweet like it was bound to happen it's like cast fans are, finally i don't have to pay attention to this anymore our team wins are like damn it it's all it's all back yeah, and uh people are like the Cavs are gonna get number one pick again aren't they i'm like yeah it's probably gonna be like next <laughs> next year they're gonna get like another number one pick and like annoy people because they keep getting number one picks um chris the Cavs. i uh, do you think the Cavs got better just gut take what, what do you do you think they got better as a result of this trade i don't think as a team they really got better because they didn't really have much farther to go up like, if you were going to get better, that means the, really there's only, like, three teams they really had to get better than, which was the Warriors, probably the Rockets. I mean, really, I mean, honestly, one team. Like, let's just, like, even if they're not as good as, like, two right, other teams. they're not as good as, like, those other two. As It's like, are you better than the Warriors, yes or no? Right, that's the team that matters to them. And I think they're still better than Boston. I, I think, think the gap got bigger over Boston, if we're being honest. Uh, may, Boston's... I, Boston's front court's going to have no chance against the Cavs. They have no one to defend LeBron. Like, literally, like, no one. The Cavs will throw stuff at Kyrie, and um, I think they can contain Hayward. I think the gap got bigger, honestly. I don't know. That's my, that's I, I don't my know if I disagree take. with that. It's more I just need to think about it more. I don't 
know if you're Look, wrong. Chris, internet. This is the internet age. <laughs> I need I need to take immediately. Yeah. You're you're crazy. Kyrie Irving is going to make them uh title contender. That's Kyrie like hits a game winner in Cleveland to send the Celtics to the Dude, finals or something like that. Against each other. If he opens yeah, the season so... with a game winner. So I need I just need to like get this out there. So I tweeted this already, um, but I have like a pre-scheduled work trip. First, first I'm going to San Diego that week, and I will not be in town for the home opener. And I was like, sort of just like, it's fine. Like Kyrie's probably that probably is not going to be Kyrie's comeback game or anything like that, you know. Um, and now that it is, I'm like, I'm a little like, do I have to? Like, I'm excited to go to California because I've never been to California, but. Um, I'm not gonna be there, and that's like, I'm already like I'm already, I'm like retroactive. I'm already, I'm like I'm already sad for future me, who I know is gonna be like in a bar in San Diego, like angry about this. <laughs> You're just gonna be at a bar with a beer in your hand, like just watching Kyrie. That green jersey is disgusting on you. <laughs> yeah, I'll be I'll be ta- I'll be in, uh, Jeff Siegel from the Step Back. Like he t- he's like oh yeah we'll meet up, and I'm gonna be like sitting in a bar with him, like watching this game, just brooding in anger. Like right, and you have to watch the Warriors collect the ring, and you should be even angrier. <laughs> I'll we'll be writing like notes to record a podcast in my hotel room, and I'll just be like, <sighs> but yeah, that, that's already like future me is already. This is like, the locked on cast podcast. I'm very angry right now. Let's just get this over with. <laughs> I'm in San Diego, but I'm not at this cast game. Um, I'll probably get more sleep, but that's you know that's like a win. But who sleeps anyway? Um, but I I think the Cavs like did get better. Like I think like if I think like it, it hinges on some things, but I think you can talk yourself into Zijic is better than Tavares for one. Um, I think if you look at Crowder's fit on defense, I think that's going to make them a lot better on that end of the floor and unlock some interesting things. And I think if you get a good Isaiah year, maybe not as good as last year, but something very good, I think you're going to be better and you're going to be a little different. I wonder what this means for Kevin Love's role, but I'm very, I think the Cavs could be better and just a better to play the Warriors just because of Crowder, not so much Isaiah, but um, Isaiah is going to help them at least in certain contexts, I think. I think that they got themselves better for the future. I think that they're better set up now than they were. Like they're a little more, they're a little more flexible. They have more options now. If LeBron does leave, or if they just still aren't good enough to win the finals again this year, so I think they're more flexible. I think they can they have a better chance to change their roster around. But at, like you said, I guess they are better than I guess they did get a little better because of Jay Crowder. Like the bench is better. They have a little bit. They can be. They can play that giant lineup we were talking about earlier. So I guess they did get at least, at least a little better. I just don't know if it's better enough to matter. That's more the thing. Which I hate doing that because like when teams get better, we should acknowledge that they're better. But just the Warriors have ruined all nuance and everything. Yeah, I think that's that's like a very reasonable take. Like I think um, I think you. It is fair to wonder, like if they're actually going to be better against Golden which, State, which is, like, really but what that's what That's why I did like the trade for Cleveland, because even if they aren't better enough to beat Golden State, even if LeBron does leave, like, they have Jay Carter, they have the 2018 pick, they have all this salary cap now, like, you can, you they can have flip so cr- many... Like, you can flip so Crowder for, for something. Now. Right, so, like, I think if you look at, like, a beyond next year, like, let's say, like, LeBron leaves, um, like, you could, you would have Chetty Osman, Zizic, the 2018 pick, and then you could flip Crowder for something, because that contract is insane. And you could get something back for him that that helps you rebuild. Like I think you're in a pretty good spot there. Like just just based on those couple things alone. Like maybe you can't reach the same heights, but you're not as bad as the the post LeBron the first time. Chris, I'm gonna we'll wrap it up on this last topic here. I'm gonna make the hot take argument right now, and 
I don't know how I have to think about this more. I really, really do, and I think you're gonna need to as well, and that's fine, because it's this is just so fresh. But I think there's a scenario here where this makes it more likely LeBron stays. Here's why. Crowder is going to be someone that compliments him really well for the next couple of years as he keeps trying to win titles. I think if you look at what he has, he has still has Kevin Love. Kevin Love will probably could be talked into resigning. You'll have to still replace some of the older guys. You'll have to figure out what's going on at point guard. But I think if you look at the two situations that we kind of assume he's looking at, that's Cleveland and that's L.A., I think if you're looking at his ability to win, I think the Cavs are going to probably be more set up to do so. And if you're looking at saying, like, look, like, there's no guarantee Paul George is going in there. Like, there's all these clouds hanging over that, unless he knows, you know. Like, if you're looking at L.A. and you're saying, look, like, you you can go there and you you don't know how good Lonzo is going to be. And you don't know how good Brandon Ingram is going to be. But, well, you know, you can have what you know you have here, a chance to dominate the East. And you can help us mold the number one guy who could take over for you and you can help make the next you in Cleveland, we want you to do that. And I think that's a very compelling case for LeBron. You can give him both the things that might be appealing to him. Because if he goes to LA, it'd be the same thing, but it depends if Paul George or someone like that is going there. But if you're in Cleveland, you have Kevin Love still there. You can figure out where you're going to do a point guard again. You can maybe use that 20-team pick to get somebody. But you can... I think the Cavs have more ammo now to be able to keep LeBron and like kind of appease him in different ways. Because if Kyrie is going, like I don't know if like just love on himself with no assets is going to be enough. I think they're in a better position of strength now to kind of make things work there. I don't think you're wrong. Like it, I don't know if I'm right. We're, we don't in, know. Like it's hard bas- to know right now. But in a basketball sense, you're right in the fact that yeah, I think they do have a better chance of keeping LeBron from a basketball sense of. We can still win here. The thing is, I don't know if LeBron's ever cared about... Like, I know he cares about winning. I don't know if he's ever cared about going to a situation that's better for him for winning than the last situation. I think he went back to Cleveland because he wanted to go back to Cleveland and do finish unfinished business. I think if he cared only about winning, I don't know if he ever would have won. And I don't know if he ever would have left Miami. I think if he only cared about winning, like, as his number one priority, I don't think that there would be any chance. I don't think he ever would have, like, even said, no, I don't know what I'm going to do. Now, maybe he hasn't done that because he wants to keep leverage. But I think internally he would have said, yes, we are 100%. I am going to stay. We're going to build a championship team here because I know that this is currently the best chance I have at winning a lot. I'm going to I'm going to the finals all the time here. Like, that's what I, that's how I feel. The thing is, he's just such an unpredictable person. He's so hard to read. Like, we never, like, people were like, no way would he leave Cleveland the first time. Well, then he left Cleveland the first time. No way would he leave Miami. He won two championships there. Then he leaves Miami. And it's like, just, the dude's unpredictable. So I feel like you're right. Like, yeah, of course he wouldn't go to LA to win basketball games. Well, maybe he feels, well, I can go to LA, continue to win basketball games, and continue to grow my brand. Like, I don't know if that's what he's going to do. I don't know how accurate that is because the guy's been getting connected to LA since the very beginning of his career. So we don't know how much that's actually his camp versus people wanting to send him to LA for some reason. But I really think that we just can't predict this guy at all. So like just doing it, it's impossible. We No, we can't. It's too early to know everything right now, but I think it's going to be interesting. And I think like, again, like I think this gives the Cavs something to sort of work with on a couple fronts. And I think, I think this is a win for the Cavs, and I really do think if you look at everything that could have been out there, I think this is by far the best deal they could have gotten. I, I don't know if there's a Suns package, a, a Heat package, whatever package. I think like the Nets pick Isaiah Crowder on its own. Zizic is just like a really nice bonus, it seems. 
like I think that those three things on their own like were a really really good return for Kyrie Irving and I think if the Cavs felt like they had to do this I think this is about as good as you could have gotten considering what they their position they were in what their leverage was how late Kyrie asked for a trade in the process like this is they could have come away so much worse than they did yeah I think they could have come away certainly um a lot worse. We're going to see how this goes. The Celtics have officially announced this deal. But, Chris, thanks for hopping on with me to help me break this down in the in the immediate aftermath of the trade. I can't wait for something else to happen to prove everything that we just said completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's why, uh, listeners, you're going to get this pod. We're going to have another one on Wednesday. This is going to go up Tuesday night. You'll have another one Wednesday to break down this trade. You'll have my Facebook Live as well. A ton of content for me and from the Fear the Sword staff. Uh, but give Chris a follow at Chris Barnwell on Twitter. Read his stuff at CBS. Chris, thanks for coming on the pod. Listen to what Trevor has to say, not me. I'm an idiot. Yeah, listen to Chris about everything and myself about Zizic, but listen to Trevor about Zizic. We'll be back soon, another pod. But again, Kyrie Irving is a Boston Celtic. The Cavs get Isaiah Thomas, the, 2008 Nets, the 2018 Nets pick, and a whole bunch of other stuff, including Jay Crowder. But uh, for myself, for Chris Barnwell, this has been Lockdown Cavs. And hopefully by the time you hear this, everything hasn't changed. Talk to you soon.